1: September? No, it's October 5th, 2020. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a Home Before Dark podcast. There was it lame. is. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a little anticlimactic. It wasn't as, wasn't as much. much. wasn't as much as, as impactful as a can is. What are you drinking on tonight, Dan? We got a uh, Bex.
2: I'm drinking a, a Dinkel Aka. I know okay, some German pills. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. I've got I found this stuff uh when we were we were up in uh Boone, North Carolina this weekend. Got this stuff Virgil's. Have you ever had Virgil's?
2: Oh no, I've not.
1: So it's it's good. It's like uh It's zero sugar vanilla cream soda and it's, but it's, they use erythritol instead of, they use sugar alcohols instead of aspartame or sucralose or even stevia. Yeah. Zithromycin. (laughs) Yeah. Greg Fraser knows what I'm talking about. Virgil's is good. See, I, I do the diet soda and it's, uh yes, this is brought to you by Virgil's from a gas station up in the mountains. Nice.
2: I've never been like a big cream soda guy. I've just never really been exposed to it much.
1: But that's good. It's, good. it's good stuff, though. The only problem, though, is some people know um, sugar alcohols in mass quantities, not good on your stomach. Yeah. No, they're not. No, <laughs> yeah. they're not at all. Turn, your, uh, turn your bedroom into a venerable fart then. I am Tim Herb, <laughs> and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr Dan James to my right tonight. Hello.
2: Hello. How We are, are
1: with we are without the lovely Kevin Bradley tonight because he is uh he's out being a uh, being a super golf player. He's he's playing yeah. East Lake and living his best life, I guess. So, I but guess thank you guys.
2: I guess he's elevated past us now. He's on a whole new He's plane. on a different
1: plane. Yeah.
2: A whole new social level.
1: Yeah. I don't like it though. No, <laughs> it doesn't feel right. <laughs> it doesn't feel right at all. Thank you guys for tuning in on this lovely Monday evening in Atlanta. Um, and if you guys are watching us live on YouTube, thank you, and make sure that you guys hit the subscribe button, the notification bell icon, smash the like button. Make sure that uh, make sure that everybody uh, gets subscribed and gets the notifications whenever we go live.
2: So yep. I just want to call Kendra Brock out, as always, joined by Dan, more like a handful of times a year. Well, excuse me, sir. I've actually been on here a lot more times, and probably more times than Kevin this year.
1: Yeah, I it's think you're fine. <laughs> it's very true. Dan Dan is now uh, the tried and true. He is he is the tried and true. And I and he probably would be on here more if I didn't have to skip a couple weeks too. So
2: that's okay. I'm on vacation next week, so
1: Oh, where are you going?
2: Uh, I'm just going to the beach.
1: Nice. So oh, be- just the beach. Just the beach. Look either. at you, like Kevin playing he's, like You like just kind of, uh, you know, casually throwing out a beach vacation. I don't know where I've <laughs> anymore. This is great, but thank you guys. Uh, we got Kendrick Brock, Andy Watkins, Brittany S, Elliot Beaven, Greg Fraser, Brian, um, and uh, Patrick Keenum. Yeah, it's um. See, Brittany S says uh, she loves cream soda. Cream soda is good, Dan. This oh, I'm not. Stuff. I'm
2: not knocking it. I'm just not as familiar with it. See, yeah.
1: like growing up, um, military kid, my parents would go to the commissary. My mom would get uh, Shasta soda. But like the two, like like she would get like a 24-pack of like Shasta root beer or cream soda. And that was my jam. I can't find Shasta soda anywhere anymore. I don't know if it still exists. Does anybody know if, where I can get Shasta? Never heard of it. I don't know. Yeah, never heard of it. Yeah, exactly. What about, speaking of niche sodas like Virgil's before we completely go off of this topic mm-hmm. it's just a it's a good night we're we're in good spirits after Saturday um what have, have you ever had Blenheim ginger ale no are you a ginger ale guy so your beer ginger ale guy
2: yeah I'll drink ginger ale I, I put some ginger beer in my dark and stormies every now and then but I like those the blunderberg stuff that's pretty good
1: so we moved to South Carolina in 1999, and we were in Sumter, like Shaw Air Force Base, like smack in the middle of, of South Carolina. And there's this little—I don't know what you call it. Do you call it a, a ginger ale brewery? I don't know. You like a soda <laughs> uh, canning, bottling? I guess soda bottling company called. Ble- it's in Blenheim, South Carolina, near right, like uh, Fayetteville, uh, North Carolina, kind of around that area, and they had the cheesiest commercials of these hillbillies and there's a bland up ginger ale. Like we used to make fun of it all the time. It was <laughs> like, but then as I got older, like I found it, they sell it in world markets sometimes, Oh and... yeah, but it's, I got some of their diet, um, their diet ginger ale a couple weeks ago, whenever we were up in North Carolina and that shit is delicious. It does make you like, it's very spicy. So they have a couple really, and I mean legit, like, I mean, spicy, not like carbonated. I mean,
2: right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like,
1: yeah. Like as crazy bite to it. And they, and that's not even, they have a, they have a hot flavor too. That's like super spicy that, that they have. It's, it's good shit though. It's, um, it's, it's fantastic. What is everybody's favorite like niche soda? Like when you guys go to a gas station in the trap, just just for fun. What is your go-to drink whenever you go to the gas station? Dan, what do you, what is your go-to drink whenever you get to the gas station? Um
2: <laughs> So, being diabetic I'm very boring, so I'll So like a 22 that.
1: of Ice House, right?
2: Twenty exactly. Or like a steel steel or reserve. Cobra. Like Maybe that. a
1: king cobra. Yeah.
2: That's right. now I usually get like uh smart water, it's like sparkling water. I've been going to more like sparkling water. So I like that they're doing the sixteen ounce size of the Ahas. Um, Those good. And then they're the yeah, same
1: price as the twelve ounce of bubblies Right. Yeah. You get that little caffeine with the green citrus and uh mm-hmm. or green tea citrus one. That shit is good. But it'll catch it'll catch up to you pretty quickly too.
2: Yeah, so when I was growing up <laughs> like probably when I was about 10 years old tab clear came over to the UK and I loved me some tab clear it was amazing
1: I don't think we got that in the states
2: really I think you yeah did. So,
1: so tab but came out, hated it yeah tab was on the 70 70- like I remember I remember this pretty specifically like I feel like tab made a, a I'm gonna use for the people who are listening air quotes a resurgence like in the late 90s early 2000s and i remember my parents seeing it on the, sh- the shelves and being like why is that back like it was so, like <laughs> i've never had it before uh so i have no idea what it tastes like or have any reference like is it a cola
2: yeah it just tasted like coke but it looked like sprite that's basically
1: oh, it gross yeah gross no thank you uh patrick keenup says sundrop is the greatest niche soda but blenheim is great uh
2: so I'm sorry, Tim, but Michelle makes a great point. Tango, you've been tangoed. Yes, Michelle, I remember tango. And tango, I think it was Tango Grape, made the best advert ever made. You can go look it up on YouTube. It's about this guy in an office jacket, and he's walking through his office and said, you know, here at the uh, HQ of Tango, we've been receiving many um, criticisms about our latest market campaign. And basically, he ends up taking off his suit walking down to the street a whole bunch of people um sort of pile behind him and he's getting more amped and like telling people he's going to take them on and he ends up putting on these boxing shorts gets to a um gets to a boxing ring in the on the cliffs of dover and the camera pans up there's all these people around him some harrier jump jets come up behind him and he's like come on britain come on france it's so (laughs) awesome you need to you need to Google that. It was fantastic. Yeah, I'll, definitely do, that. Yep. I'll definitely do that.
1: Yeah, definitely um, do that.
2: That's one that's one thing that the UK has got hands down over America, including Super Bowl ads. The UK has the funniest adverts in the entire world, and they're so much better than the US adverts.
1: Uh, I got. I was a. I was only over there for like eight days in in uh, Camden, mm-hmm. and I. Whenever I was watching all the reruns of really bad American sitcoms that would come on every channel at mm-hmm. night, uh, all of the advertisements for the candies—oh my <laughs> god—it was the same Maltesers ad every like seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just—it was so. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they're very—they're they, definitely—they're uh, definitely in their own category. I'd say that. Yeah. Yeah. Those those junk food uh, advertisements. Um, Kendrick Brock says Rooster Booster from QT. It is the only energy drink I know of that you can get at the fountain, which is dangerous. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: It's probably got actual cocaine in it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Brittany S says Dr. Pepper and cream soda or an iced coffee. That's a good call. Um, Richard Gordon saying Crystal Pepsi. I don't think we could still find that. But um, Greg Fraser says uh, Boylan's Black Cherry Cola. Michelle obviously said Tango. Elliot even said Fanta. Um, and then the last thing I will call out what Brian says. He says, "I remember that SNL sketch with the crystal peanut butter. I don't know if you remember that, but it was pretty great. It was. I'm pretty sure it was to a Van Halen song, if I'm not mistaken.
2: <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they're like sitting there trying to drink it, and it's just like coming out in clear globs out of the out of the jar. It was pretty great. Anyway, awesome. On to the game.
2: I know." Who would have thought, what was it, 4 1 at halftime? I mean, it was just. Oh incredible. my God.
1: I buy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't get to. I, we were driving back from North Carolina yesterday and I missed the entire game. Thank God. The Liverpool Aston Villa game. I mean, talk- but but v- Villa are perfect on the year and they have the highest goal differential in the league. So for right now, relatively speaking, I'm going to say it's not as bad as it seems. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I feel like we're early in the season and hopefully Villa will go back, uh, return back to the mean and uh, be fighting for relegation again. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure Richard
1: Gordon uh, would be happy for, you know, you guys are uh, enemy of my enemy, right? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Wolves in Birmingham City. Um, Yeah, so the game on Saturday, holy crap.
2: So, Tim, how do you feel after a win? Because I I didn't think we were honestly going to see any wins this for the rest of the season. I was not putting any hope into it. So how did you feel, and how much, to you, how much does this solve in terms of Atlanta United problems?
1: So first, I want to apologize that the audio from the last episode still hasn't made it up onto the podcatchers, because... <laughs> Between Kevin and me with the division of labor and us Boeing both being uh busy with work, we didn't get it up. But I will I believe I was the only one last week who said we were gonna win against DC United. Am I wrong?
2: Probably. I think I went for a one one draw or a nil nil draw or something.
1: I'm pretty sure I said we would win two nil. I don't know. Somebody called me out on that. If not, that's what I was thinking and whatever, believe me or not. But um I know DC is a bad team, right? Mm-hmm. Um And over the past few weeks for some of the bad that we've seen with Atlanta United, I think there has been a lot, like we talked about John Gallagher and how big of a spark he's been for this team since he came into playing with, with the the senior club. And then some of the stuff that we saw the week prior, um, Adam John, his chances getting thwarted if, you know, uh, who was it? If If Bobby Shuttleworth wasn't, you know, standing on his head during that game, Adam, John gets a brace. Yeah. Like you are starting to, you were starting to see him get more comfortable. You were seeing John Gallagher and, and George Bellow starting to get more comfortable on that left side. And then I think the unsung hero of this season so far and, and the signing of the season for us for sure has been Brooks Lennon. He has been for the, for a while he had played every single minute for the team since the restart. And I want to say he sat maybe one game and, and maybe a little bit of time, but Damn, did he look good? Um, yeah. on on Saturday, in and, and honestly, like I don't know how much pressure he would have felt during that game. Especially Julian Gressel didn't start for DC United, but knowing all the chatter, I'm sure he sees it or he hears it at, at some point. There's got to be comparisons, some sort of some sort of pressure laid upon that guy's shoulders that you know he's got a big shoes to fill, and as we've seen with this team people who come predecessors or successors, sorry, successors of successful people with this team have a really tough time with this fan base. And I think that hopefully anybody that had any sort of doubt about his skill level comparatively to Julian Gressel on Saturday night, hopefully your mind was completely changed because the thing was, okay, he's fast. Okay. He's faster than Julian Gressel. Fine. Fine he's a better defender than Julian Gressel, which was, I think the biggest knock against Gressel whenever he was here is, you know, whenever he's trying to get deployed as a right back or right wing back is he would get caught in, in in defensive situations pretty badly sometimes. Um, Right. But then, you know, the knock was, well, it seems like Brooks Lennon doesn't know what he's doing, crossing the ball. And I would say over the past couple of weeks, hopefully your mind has changed by that because, his crosses have been early. They have been uh, on target, obviously. And he puts a good bit of pace on them too. Like, I feel like he is a player that's coming into his own, and he has a partner on the left side of the field who is doing the same thing. And you have two dangerous guys going up the wings. It gives me a little bit of hope. I mean, I think and, – and I'll go, come back to you in a second, Dan. I'm talking uh, – Oh, know, good, man. yeah just talking and talking and talking. But when you're asking about like what answers to, or what questions are answered moving forward, knowing our, knowing our like limitations in the roster moving forward for the rest of the year, meaning essentially Adam John is our striker um, for the rest of the year. Right. Kubo Torres is most likely going to miss. He's last, done. I think. I, yeah. If not the whole season, then at mm-hmm. least a while Joseph's obviously gone. So, you know, we talked about this, team having to cope with having you know a target man and I feel like our play and the fact that we have two pacey wingers in Brooks Lennon and John Gallagher who can go up the wings and whip crosses in or have have interplay with uh, their um, with their counterparts uh, on those sides I think is really feeding into a uh, an attacking identity that we might see continue throughout the rest of the year Um, it might be a little hit or miss, but I feel like Adam John is coming into his own as well. And his ability to hold up play, not, not only that back heel that he had to Emerson Hyndman, that was, that was fantastic. Um, he just seems to be in the right place at the right time lately. And I feel like his touches are good. His control is good. His hold up play has been pretty good. And I feel obviously DC is not a good team, but I feel, and the fact that Ben Olsen still has a job, right. Which is kind of crazy to me, but, um, you and Dave Robinson. Yeah, I feel like moving forward, I feel like this team is a little less dismal um, in their prospects than they were, say, a week ago. And it's obviously like, what have you done for me lately? And, you know, being a victim of the moment, but I don't know. Like, I see, I saw some stuff come to fruition this past weekend that I've been waiting for since the restart.
2: Yeah, so I feel like our wings have always been pretty decent throughout the garbage season that we've seen, it's just been our center has been so bad that they've just been, you know, it kind of just all implodes on itself. One thing I really liked about seeing John Gallagher against DC is he was playing a lot more on the left. So if you can have a Bello and Gallagher left pairing and the Brooks Lennon Jürgen Damm, when he's fit on the right, you've got so much speed on those wings. Um, and then you've got Maroini on the off the bench, who can also add to that speed. Hopefully, either side. I know he's more of a left-sided player, um, but it 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 does fill me with I um, I don't. I want to be really cautious because we play Orlando next, and they have been just killing it. So when we play, that's going to be a, a real litmus test. But you know winning breeds winning the only way to build confidence is, is winning and it, i just hope that this team can move it forward with that momentum because we had that momentum when we drew orlando in orlando and then we just fell on our ass when we played uh was it nashville or was it into my anyway we didn't carry that momentum forward we just let it kind of evaporate so i'm really hoping we can do that on wednesday it's a quick turnaround um but that's what I'm looking forward to see. I feel like one thing that's the third goal for us, John Gallagher's goal was just great. It was, you know, it was a perfect team goal. So I'm all about those. I love team goals. Um, the interplay between Hyman, who played a whole, a pretty big role in that goal, and the, uh, the back heel from John. Uh, but it was more so the the grace in which Gallagher was able to slip it. I mean, I feel like it was going to go in a, even if um, I think it was Moreno who actual bundled, bundled it into the goal for DC, but it reminded me a lot of Mar- Joseph Martinez goal against Chicago back in 2017, where he just cuts it in from a real obtuse angle. Yeah. Um, and just the way john gallagher did it reminded me a lot of joseph in that sense now i'm not saying he is like the joseph martinez replacement but it was that sort of technical ability and that sort of attacking nous that we have seen from martinez that i have that we haven't seen um on a front line before i mean pity hasn't done it Barco hasn't done it um but John Gallagher does. So it's, it's really interesting to see how he develops um, and, and how other teams do teams now look to deal with him, or do they still just sit on yarn and see what we can do? The other thing is DC gave us so much space. We could, we could play the ball all day through the middle of the wing. They were really, really bad and they didn't bunker. You know, when we've played DC in the past, they've mostly bunkered and they didn't do that at all. They just stretched out and, let us pass around them. So anyway, um, I was very, like you said, Brooks Linden was was fantastic. So I feel like the other two talking points for this, Tim, is the illegal, the uh, Russell illegal sub canals and the Assad red, uh, well, I'm sorry, the Assad non-red card call.
1: So at full time... It should have been eleven v eight. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I mean, what, what's really interesting to me is I, I feel like they're.
2: So you're saying three should have got sent off.
1: Right, because Br- Briant got sent off.
2: Right, Briant. Got right, he sent got, off. he
1: got that red card for the denial of a goal scoring opportunity, mm-hmm. and then Yamilasad. I think in, Michelle said it in in the trap and. You know what? I I've been somebody who was wanting Assad to return um, over the past couple of years. She says I don't want to hear anyone say they miss Assad anymore, especially after that vicious tackle on Lennon. Like, there's no place in the game for that. Mm-hmm. It was it was kind of beyond the pale in, in my opinion. The way that he went after uh, Brooks Lennon, and and it's like beyond cynical the way that he he tackled uh, Lennon. The fact that he didn't get sent off is. And they can't ret- If it's anything like EPL, right there, there was a card given, so they can't retroactively go and upgrade it, right?
2: Right, right. I mean, he can get fined.
1: Well, that's good. Like, hopefully, he they, gets fined a lot of money.
2: Well, they yeah, but they don't fine opposing players when they're physically abusive to Atlanta United players.
1: Oh, that's true. So, I forgot about know, that. What's his that. name? Uh, Fagal with the yeah. uh, with the elbows. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'll go. Yeah. Said
2: again, you know, um, was it Carlos Antonio with Orlando when he kicked Brooks Lennon in the face? I'm still sour about yeah. that one. Yeah, that, that,
1: that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah, Kevin Escobar. Do refs think they can only use card cards once a game? I think so. I think that's, I think mm-hmm. that's what it is. The like illegal substitution thing to me was just, it was kind of mind blowing because my first thought was. And I don't, I'm not somebody who knows the the rule book, but like backwards and forwards. But my initial thought was, oh shit! Knowing, I think the most the most recent examples of that that I can think of have been retroactive punishment that's been laid upon a team for subbing or or putting an illegal player in the 18 or or subbing a player into the game, and it's been a forfeit. If not, then also. Um, a penalty of points on their record afterwards. Like I've seen teams either get you know completely disqualified from tournaments if they won a game with an illegal substitution or illegal man on the the twenty three or the eighteen man roster. Seen points get taken away from teams whenever they do that. My initial thought was they're gonna have to forfeit it, right? Like that to me is like I I don't know I didn't know what to think there. Again I don't know the I don't know the rule book backwards and forwards. It seems like nobody. Nobody does. Even, right. even pro pro and MLS. So like Steven Glass is arguing with the uh, the 16 year old kid who was roughing our game on Saturday night. And he's <laughs> he's like, Well, what, what is the league saying? And he said, Well, no, I just talked to pro and they're saying it's the fact that there wasn't even any punishment, right? Did they even dock them a substitution?
2: Mm, no, I don't think they did. Cause so it was they, like a four minute just,
1: stretch from the 40. 40s... Them... Yeah. It's like from the 46th to the 49th or 50th minute, Russell Knauss was never in the game. He doesn't exist. Right. He's got to go back to the locker room.
2: Yeah, I think it's really difficult to have a one-rule-fits-all for this one because it's really, really weird. And, I mean, do you really – I feel like it's weird throwing a game away – or forfeiting a game over 4 minutes of play. Um I mean it, and it's a clerical error, you know, it's not like it's not like something really happened in the match. It's like someone just didn't write his name on a piece of paper, which is real, which is really dumb, but it has real-world consequences. I feel like in this case you kind of have to take it case by case. Like if he had really had an impact on the game, I don't think he had, then you you have to do something more severe. But as he didn't really have an impact, I mean, nobody really even noticed him doing anything. Uh, but if, you know, but to the to the, count, the counterpoint to that is, you know, if he had scored a goal or if he had, like, broken someone's leg, um, there's a much more serious discussion that you've got to have with it. So part of me thinks it's, it's kind of weird, but I feel like there's a line that you've got to draw um, with this, and it it's just a dumb... It's really dumb.
1: Yeah, but... And in, in Michelle is saying that she thought that they got docked because they only used four subs, which to me really isn't that much of a dock, right? Because you sub in Canals and then you sub them out and put somebody else back in, and you still have three more subs to use after that. It seems a little... Uh... I don't...
2: Oh, yeah, I think Michelle's right, yeah, because they only yeah. got four in. Um,
1: yeah. Thank, good good
2: catch, Michelle. Good catch.
1: What I I don't know, man. I get it. And not everything's letter of the law. You know, everything's contextual. But they – and to Brittany S.'s point, it ended up wasting an extra 10 minutes of time. Yeah. We ended up getting nine minutes of stoppage, which was <laughs> yeah. pretty short because I want to say it was 10 minutes from whenever the, the discussion started to whenever they finally, you know, uh, put the ball back in play. It was – I, it's it's just weird to me. Part of me feels like there have to be some some real world i like there real world consequences, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I fudge something okay. on my taxes, even if it's out of ignorance, I'm gonna get penalized, right? Or like accident, like un, unknowingly do something, you can get you can get penalized for. There should be real world consequences. The fact that Ben Olson, like the fact that Ben Olson didn't get any sort of discipline either when he's like, what do you want me to just fucking forfeit that you want me to fucking forfeit the game? Like he's just.
2: Yeah. Kind of off a his
1: rocker at that point. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I do. Cause we've got a game on Wednesday and my guys can get some more rest. You know? Yeah.
1: No kidding. I can use three points and morale boost and then, but you know, fuck them because we ended up putting another two goals on them. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Pro needs to get their head out of the sand. I don't, uh again you know people have been saying it for a while and and even just like the illegal sub aside yamil Assad's foul the fact that that wasn't even reviewed for a red card is crazy to me
2: i could i mean you would think he would get retroactively suspended for that um but that's
1: that is violent conduct
2: yeah um but i mean that's kind of I mean, I don't agree with it. It was reckless, but that's just, I mean, that's the Yamil Asad we saw in Atlanta too. You know, he, I think it was someone, uh, Toronto, he elbowed them in the face for like no reason at all. Um, yeah. I think there was another time he got red carded for something um, that was in addition to getting red carded in the Minnesota game in Atlanta. But I mean, that was, that was just Yamil Assad. I get it. He's, but he didn't look great. I didn't think he was played that well. Um, no,
1: the porcupine.
2: I didn't see. It was weird. Like we had a free kick outside their area and they were building a wall and Assad was in it and Gressel was in it. And it was just like, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like how I imagine kids see their divorced parents. Like they're kind of like just, or oh, no better analogy when you see a teacher who you've gone to school with and they've kind of gone off the rails and lost their career and you, you kind of see them out like in a bar or something and you're like, Oh, this is really weird. Um, and they didn't look happy. They looked just so exasperated with the situation, but it's like, Hey, this is what you wanted. Yeah. Money doesn't
1: buy you happiness. Is that what you're saying, Dan? I don't I I mean, mean,
2: that it's, I mean, it's their careers. I, I'm not gonna fault them for trying to get money and trying to get paid. So, yeah,
1: but you're saying Julian, like Gress, you saying Julian Gressel comparing him to a teacher who lost, you know, uh, went off the rails in their career. If if you were to tell me a week ago, i reading Twitter, I would have thought Julian Gressel was like an MVP candidate. The way people talk about him,
2: right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I love Julian Gressel, in Atlanta. I I think when he left, I like direct messaged him and said. I'm really sad that you're leaving, but happy that you're you're getting you know you're getting what you want. You're getting paid, and I've never done that before, which is really weird. Um, and I loved him in Atlanta, but I hate seeing him in DC. I just i I worry that he's not going to perform up to what they're expecting from him, and it's just going to further circle the drain. Not that it's circling the drain yet, because it's only been a few games and it's 2020, so. Um anyway, it just it just didn't look good. It didn't look like they were having fun.
1: No, not at all. And on the contrary, it's the first time I feel like we've seen Atlanta United having fun in a while.
2: Yes, I agree with that. Um, um
1: what what would you what do you make of um as the Parceros call him, the Invisible Man, Emerson Hyndman's game um this past Saturday?
2: I thought he was actually pretty good. So I've been trying to consciously look at what Hyman's doing on the field. Um, here, hold on. Let me go. I'm trying to look up his rating on who scored, um, but I've gone into some sort of weird...
1: They gave him a 7.3, which compared to DeBrux uh, Lennon, and his 10 out of 10, which I've never seen on that site before.
2: Mm-mm. Yeah, um, I thought Hyman played a much better game I think he's been getting progressively better as time goes on. Um, I think he's got a a high ceiling, but it's just getting the, he's, it doesn't seem like he seems like a quiet guy and he's not going to be a guy who will just step up and say, Hey, everyone follow me. This is what we need to do. He's more of like, he's more of a uh, supporting cast member who's, going to want to play off someone else so um which is i think he has potential you know what we've seen in the past like in the Campiones cup game i think he definitely has the ability to do that but i i'm hoping that with marcelino moreno coming in he can actually act as more of a mentor to emerson hyman um i'm feeling i'm i'm a little bit worried well actually i'm not worried about it but I mean that's a good, good competitive spot for Hyman to, to have to compete against, and really we'll see his true value if he's going to be able to really put on the um, performances that we that we that he should be putting in, getting paid the amount of money that he is relative to the team.
1: Yeah, definitely more comfortable and confident on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing. Like you talk about him being a quiet person, I feel like he definitely is not a very assertive person on the field. And Mm -hmm. I think that his demeanor, I I think he kind of wears that too. I I feel like sometimes you can tell he's kind of down in the dumps or he's not like he gets, I feel like he gets into his own head because I think he is a, like he's a skillful player. And we've talked about that before. I think his confidence hopefully is going to start rising. Um, Cause I can see him, especially still a young player. He's only 24 years old. Like I could see him, um, yeah, I could see him like getting a little too into his head. Hopefully he can get out of that. Um, it was an interesting midfield, though. I mean, you're looking at Mo Adams, you're looking at Emerson Hyndman, and kind of an unsung midfield, if you think about it, and, mm-hmm. and Jeff Lorenowitz. And I felt like they played a good game between the three of them.
2: Yeah, I did think they played a good game between three of them. Wow, I didn't realize, was Adams really playing that high up? That um, I don't think
1: he was. I, I think that's probably just the, the lineup map or whatever. I don't think that's the actual heat map.
2: No, he's, he, is, he was playing more in that half. That is interesting. Yeah, he, he was, to um, Elliot Bevan's point, uh, was probably his best game this season. Um, he he, I mean, he's been... I'm surprised that he was brought in for a game. It must have just been for because of the injuries that we've had with Rosetto out. Um, and having Executive some still. Oh, is he still play for? I don't years?
1: fucking know. <laughs>
2: um, well let's get back to that. But um yeah, Mo Adams played a played a pretty good game. He um there was a couple of uh times where he was able to link up the, the play in the opponent's half in DC's half. Um and re- help recycle some efforts that were trying to get back in. I was, I was impressed with him. I think he did what he needed to do. Um, uh, be interested to see who, um, if he gets a start again against Orlando, i it depends on who's ready to go. Cause Re- Rosetta wasn't even in the 18, was he? No,
1: no he, wasn't. he wasn't. I think he was, he, I want to say Steven Glass said today that he was the one of the four players that he mentioned that was never going to make the team or never going to travel or something like that. Gotcha. So, um, I do want to say I, I agree with Chiefs coach Steve saying hearing glassy in the technical area is huge entertainment <laughs> it's it's pretty great I think Fox Fox I know they're probably going to get hit with some FCC fines actually I don't know if they if, I don't know if they get hit with FCC fines if it's inadvertent like if it's not one of their personnel that, that speaks it into the microphone I don't know right. it'd be interesting to find out but yes it definitely makes the game a lot more entertaining
2: yeah part the, of part of me hopes that they just stop the crowd noise. And so yeah. we can just listen to the, to them because it it does kind of seem weird.
1: Yeah, for sure. So what, what going back to this midfield, you're talking about a midfield that doesn't seem very creative one adventurous to, um, is that, do you think that is because, or maybe do you think they were played and he fielded that midfield who's Essentially like you're talking about two defensive midfielders by trade and Jeff Lorenowitz and Mo Adams and then and then Emerson Hyndman, who's more of a kind of a box box eight, less, I guess, uh creative midfielder and more of a um I don't know, what do you even say, a possessive midfielder? Um is that like is, is that midfield being played to free up the guys on the wings? Or is it like kind of a in an inverted thing? Like is it because They're playing out of those wings. We have to play some more defensive-minded people that clog the midfield. Like I'm just trying to think of the the like the reasoning behind that. And like are we again, like to your point, will we see Mo Adams and maybe see that same midfield three down in Orlando on on Wednesday? Are we playing here? I can't remember.
2: Um we are playing Oh, I have my schedule. There it is.
1: Oh, it's at home. Never mind. It's
2: It's at home. So I think (laughs) <laughs> I would really be interested to see how Remedi would have got on in this midfield. Um, you part of me kind of hopes that even though it's a quick turnaround, you play Adams, Jeff and Heinemann again, even though we're playing Orlando. Cause I mean, just to see how they stack up against a very good opposition because Remedi has just, not been great i mean he he was benched i'm not sure if he was benched just because of the amount of games he's played or for performance reasons but i would like to see him on the bench again uh when we play orlando and see how these three can um can coalesce a little more and give them some time because that's been the other thing you know we've had so many games it's been hard to keep a midfield three together uh, and and the nice thing about Adams having him up front is he's more of a physical player. Um, and Orlando are a very tricky team in that they, you know, they showed against the Red Bulls. They can soak up all sorts of pressure um, and, and, you know, they've got some big front guys. So you're hoping that you can potentially match some of that physicality up with an Adams um, to see if, if that can help break them down. I'm really nervous about playing Orlando. I, I think it's going to be almost. Too, but at the game. same
1: time, like when we went down there most recently, we contained them and then ended up stealing two points at the end of the game. What, I, I don't know. I'm not afraid of the big bad wolf. Um, and part of it, I think is due to the fact that if I'm Steven glass, I have like a nothing to lose mentality, but Mm-hmm. To your point, I mean, we've seen when we talked about this last week, it was we see we've seen so many different iterations of this lineup. I want to see the same lineup on yeah. the field on Wednesday, hands down. Like I want to see the exact same lineup to see if they can reproduce because I I want to see them like is DC the control or uh, of the experiment or or not? I mean, are they an aberration right. in that you know that four nil thrashing that we gave them? Are they really just that bad? Did things come, you know, did everything kind of come together as it should that night? Or are we starting to turn the corner? And I think, I mean, Wednesday, if we play that same 11 and see how we do, I, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I, I like our chances to at least get a draw. Pier 6 says Orlando will let us break on them. I'm guessing he means uh, on the counter.
2: I mean, I feel like Orlando will let us break on them, but Orlando will also move deeper to counteract um, what you're trying to do when you move forward. Like, DC did not do that. DC would, you know, when you see, I love seeing opposing teams bring three strikers onto Guzan when we're trying to play at the back. That's three guys you're putting completely out of play uh and Orlando's not going to do that. They may run one or two but they're not going to put three guys up there. But then they're going to they're going to stagger back and give ground when they need to so they can keep in in their shape. Um the thing that worries me is because they were able to handle Red Bulls so easily and we've had an absolute chronic problem with Red Bulls in the past. Like I don't think we we haven't beaten them in the regular season. Only when it matters. Um <laughs> So and Orlando they haven't the last time they lost was ten games ago. And that was that was you know, that was that weird game against Inter Miami. So I think that I don't see us beating Orlando at all. I think it potentially could be another bloodbath. <laughs> but but,
1: but again, nobody saw us taking taking a point down in Orlando either. Mm-hmm. Trip. I mean, Red, to to be fair, I mean, what was it? Three one, Orlando beat Red Bulls by on Saturday. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, to be fair, that Red Bulls team is kind of in disarray too. Yeah, I mean, sure. they hired Chris Armis. They're not their best selves. They really, they're. I, I feel like are probably throwing out uh, the rest of the season right now. Um, so I, I don't know. I I still, Orlando's got to do it for longer for me to give them more respect. I'm sorry like I've just seen it time and time again and I I can't help but feel like this is how Patriots fans felt about us Colts fans right it's like beat us when it matters and like and and continue to do it when it matters and then maybe you'll get the respect that you deserve make the playoffs and maybe I'll start fearing fearing your team I say that but earlier on I was a little uh, a little afraid going down there but I think after we took a point from them and stole that point and I mean I don't know if 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 Adam John's able to get a goal away in Orlando, maybe he can get one uh, at home. And we also we're not playing with John Gallagher, if I'm not mistaken, in that game. We're not. I said back whenever we played Orlando oh. in Orlando, I don't think that um, he hadn't reached his final form, at least. I feel <laughs> like I feel like John Gallagher has gone Super Saiyan. Um,
2: so John Gallagher did not play in Orlando. Oh no, he did. He subbed on in the eighty-fourth minute, but that's the eighty-fourth minute. So he did not play, really. So yeah, they haven't seen John Gallagher. Um, who else didn't they see? Did they see Jurgen Darm? Not that he's really done that much because he's just because he's been injured.
1: No. No, they didn't like mm-hmm. the team that we fielded was, I mean, granted we had Barco, but we had Kubo Torres, Heineman, Lorenowitz, Ramedi, George Bellow, Walks, Robinson, Escobar So the same back line that we played against mm-hmm. uh DC, but Remetti okay. instead of um instead of Adams. And then we had Barco, but we didn't have uh we didn't have Gallagher, uh, Gallagher and we didn't have uh Adam John either. Mm-hmm. Until the end of the game, Adam John came in and obviously scored that goal to, to tie it. But.
2: Yeah, but to your point, I think Adam Jan is getting a lot more, he's getting more comfortable. I kind of feel like he need he's understanding a little bit more that he's trying to, he's got to move a little bit more to get more opportunities. Uh, but his hold at play has been fantastic.
1: I wanted to go to this. Pierce Hicks comment. He says, off topic, now that the 11 season is over, is Andrew Carlton coming back into the squad? Like how soon can they recall him? If if the season is over, it was a full season loan. Is he able to come back into the fold?
2: Uh, No, I think he's done for the. He's not. So let me go check the. um, He is unavailable. So he's on loan. He's going to be unavailable for the season. Oh well, that sucks. Plus, we've got. We're not going to have a senior roster spot unless he's eligible for. He's a homegrown player. He may be eligible for a supplemental spot. I'd be surprised if he comes in. I don't think they can do that since it's a, it's a, you know, an air quotes season long loan. So it's thinking that the season's going to end at the same time. So,
1: and then a question in that same vein, the form that Jackson Conway's in, is he in, in the fact that we have, Pretty much no backup striker. Is Jackson Conway eligible to come up into the team?
2: Um I'm again, he's been on well, he's a he's an Atlanta United two player.
1: Why can he sign a senior contract and come in?
2: I think he would sign a supplemental he would take up a supplemental spot. I
1: don't know how any of this shit works, Dan.
2: Well, he wouldn't be – there's no senior spots. You can only have 20 of those, and those are going to be all filled with Moreno coming in. Um, and there, But we do have, like, two – so the supplemental spots are split up into
1: – And Gregory Fraser, I guess, has uh, corrected me. I guess he hadn't played since March, Jackson Conway, before he, he scored an absolute belter on Saturday. Is that right?
2: No. No, he's been playing.
1: That's what I was going to say. I thought he's been playing. Oh, he's talking about Moreno. Okay. I was going to say, right. yeah, I yeah, swear yeah, I've seen probably. Jackson Conway playing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Making me feel gaslighting me, Greg. I don't know. An, I, inadvertently, letting me read your comment wrong.
2: <laughs> I'm not sure if Gall- if uh, Conway could, could sign a contract because I think their, le- their season is over. Um. But, I mean, 2020 can – brings up – Well, a... I mean,
1: I don't – so that it, – it's like um...
2: – The thing is, isn't our backup striker going to be John Gallagher?
1: Yeah, I guess so. But at the same time, like, why are the rules different for EPL than they are for uh, Inter, MLS, or USL and MLS? Because we signed – so we signed Brad Guzan on on a free – and he played out the rest of the season for Middlesbrough. Oh, good! And then as point, soon as he yeah. finished out his his contract, he came and played for us. So I, it, we, there was no big like gap. We had to wait for the transfer window to open, but the transfer window's open. So
2: I think it just closed today. I think
1: international did, like European oh, did, right? I think MLS transfer window, if I'm not mistaken, is open until the end of the month. I may be wrong. Um, I often am, but if that's the case. I don't see why we wouldn't be able to bring Carlton back or bring like, to me, Carlton should be an MLS player, but yep Or like a, an Atlanta United uh, senior player right now, but
2: yeah. So um, yeah, the windows open till the 29th in MLS. Good okay. Catch, I yeah. thought
1: so. So like if, yeah, if you're they... exactly
2: right. Why? Yeah. Then to your point, I think Conway would absolutely be eligible if we want to bring him in. It's just yeah, making it... sure that we can get the, uh, the, the, cap not the cap the roaster uh composition correct
1: yeah no that's fair that's like the i don't know it sucks for brooks lennon the the crazy beautiful goal that he put on saturday because it wasn't the best goal that we saw from an atlanta united player this weekend because jackson conway's goal was just an <laughs> absolute like scream like it was so beautiful you watch that over and over and over again yeah it gives you hope right he's definitely going to be a uh a senior player next year right
2: yeah i think um yeah i think the only stumbling block in his way is whether he what he wants to do and whether he feels himself confident to to take that next step i mean he looks he he passes the eye test yeah for Um, sure so i'm hoping that that can um that can come to fruition but but well, we shall see.
1: Okay, so going into Wednesday, we've already kind of talked about it. how do you how are you feeling going into that game? Um, I mean what's what's Orlando's current run? They haven't I feel like they haven't lost in a while.
2: Yeah, so they they lost like I think it was the 22nd of August, the last time they lost against yeah into Miami and then they've beaten Nashville three one. they beat us three one. They drew with Nashville one-one. They drew with us one-one. Then they beat into Miami two-one. Chicago four-one. Sporting KC two-one. Drew 0 with Dallas, and then just beat Red Bulls three-one. So they have very very good form right now, um, and they should all be on the up and up. So they've got a they've got a quick turnaround too, and um, with the lineup they put out. I mean, they put all their stars in. Nani was playing, Perea, DK, Mueller. Um, They played a first-rate squad. So I'm assuming there would be some sort of rotation. Uh, And that's kind of... I mean, that's the thing, that their bench isn't as deep as um, some of the other teams. But their, their first choice is... Very, very competent.
1: Yeah, the, uh, no, that's for sure. I, I mean, they have decent, I say decent, I mean, they have Benji Michelle coming off the bench on Saturday, and that's a nice luxury, even though the rest of the the bench might not be as deep. He's a pretty dangerous player, uh, creates pretty well, and he can, he can definitely put a goal on the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Um, so,
2: so, and they've also, they'll probably start, they didn't start, um, was it Antonio Carlos? Yeah, Antonio Carlos. They didn't start him, so I'm sure he'll be coming in. Yeah. Um,
1: you would think so, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably going to be, I guess, the front four would be unchanged, even though Nani played 90 minutes. It's going to be DK Mula Perea and Nani. as their front four. And then they didn't play um, Yuri Rizal. He wasn't even on the Bench. Interesting. I wonder where he's gone. Um Russell and maybe Junior Urso again, because Urso got subbed out. And they've got Miller. Janssen played a 90, but that's okay. Carlos Antonio will play Schlegel, I'm assuming. And then uh Ruan, he didn't play either. Uh and was not on the bench. Is he injured? Not sure, but I would assume I'd see him at right back if he is if he is not injured.
1: I don't think we see Nani on Wednesday, at least in a starting capacity. Right, same thing happened mm-hmm. last time we played them midweek. Right, and he he didn't start in that game.
2: Right. So who's his who's his sub? Is that Michelle?
1: Yeah, that'd be Benji Michelle. So you'd see yeah. Michelle Pereira, Mueller, and DK probably up
2: yeah. front. Man, D- DK, he's a beast, man. He reminds me of Lukaku. Um,
1: he's a big boy, but he's also like nimble, right? And he's right.
2: Just like Lukaku.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's impressive. I, I think he's going to be... If he doesn't get moved, um, I think for the next couple of years, he's going to be a really good player.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Maybe Mo Adams can deal with him.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you mark him out in this situation? Um, you know, the old Eric Rometty playoff strategy that we had going to the Cup.
2: Yeah. It's... I mean, you could do um speaking of of marking as we i noticed we've resorted to we've reverted to the zonal marking for which you're not a fan of right no i'm not uh and neither is dan gargan so and and it doesn't make sense anyway because it's just no
1: because
2: i feel like you can't react as fast you're not anticipating what's coming going to happen when you're zonal marking when you're man marking you're anticipating and you guys have got a plan um so i feel like you could anticipate what's going to happen better if you know okay i'm going to follow him if he's jumps i'm jumping you know it gives you more more focus and narrows down your scope rather than having a large area to cover and potentially covering two to three people so no i'm not a fan of zonal marking yeah, that's fair. Um. Yeah, do you think Mesa starts, or are you gonna have walks back on? Because you, I feel like you want Robinson to deal with DK.
1: No, for sure. It's. I, I was starting to think that the impact that Fernando Mesa had once he came back from injury really like shored up the defense, but. We saw on Saturday, Anton Walks came in. And granted, again, it's not the biggest litmus test in in D.C., but they played well together. Um, And if Meza is, is Meza hurt? Like, is he coming off of another knock?
2: So he had that knee injury, and I think they were just kind of being conservative about him, bringing him back in after that.
1: I wouldn't want to see him that. Like, if he didn't make, I don't want to say. I want to say he, he did. didn't make the eighteen.
2: Yeah. He did. He was on the bench. He just. Oh, he was okay. So.
1: I I would say would just throw walks out there. I mean, bring you know, if if there's an issue, then bring Mesa in. You know, uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: around halftime or something. But, I mean, I I'd say no. I want to see the exact same lineup, Dan. I said it before. <laughs> like, I want to thing. see the exact same lineup going into this game.
2: I mean, you might as well. You might as well. I think so. Sorry, completely off topic, but Gregory Fraser's comment for 2021, having Lopez, Gallagher, and Conway as forward depth behind Joseph is pretty nice. That is a very good point. I forgot about Eric Lopez. Yeah, for for
1: sure. I, I, I wonder if and when we see him at all the rest of the season.
2: I don't think we
1: do. You don't think so? Because I mean, he's a senior player. He's been training with the team, right? He
2: has, I think, but isn't because Carlos Bocanegra said he wasn't going to be playing with us until January. But gotcha, okay. And I, oh yeah, and the roster composition thing because I think he he has to take a uh, senior international, roster, a senior yeah. spot. Oh yeah, what's that international deal? Yeah, he's he can't do it for the international as well. Okay. He'll probably take uh, Castro's international spot when he gets let go.
1: Let me get Sorry, your score Patrick. predictions in the trap, guys. We got Brittany saying 2-1 Atlanta. She's being very hopeful. L.A. Beaven says 2-2 draw. Um, wow. Michelle saying 3-1 to Atlanta. I uh, like it. It's I hope, cold. Michelle, I like it too. I doubt it, but I hope I hope so. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with another 1-1 draw, I think. I think we steal two points from them.
2: Ah, uh, I'm going for a very disappointing three-one loss.
1: Oh yikes!
2: Yeah, sorry. You heard it
1: here first. Dan's an Orlando supporter now. It's That's his favorite right. team.
2: Hmm. Yep. Yeah. I love grape soda.
1: Oh, it is good. I do like grape soda. It's delicious. <laughs> yeah. Man, when was the last time? When was the last time you drank a, a grape soda?
2: man probably like four or five years ago
1: yeah (laughs) what's your favorite fruit flavored soda to close out the show
2: I've got to go with just like orange I love Sunkist or um uh, Fanta something like that it's kind of lame that's what I like got my little diabetes bottle of Sunkist
1: (laughs) what is the uh what about what about have you ever had the sidral mundet The what? It's it's apple soda and you can get it at taqueria's a lot of the time.
2: Um never had that one. Though I do like the San Pellegrino lemon. That's delicious. In yeah, fact, all of the San good. Pellegrino stuff is good.
1: Yeah. Elliot even says orange soda, it's still the best. Michelle saying strawberry. Not that's not and then Britney saying peach i asked the wrong question
2: Uh, oh peach no yeah sorry Brittany. s yeah it's just too it's too sweet for me i don't like it too sweet coach Um, chiefs coach steve down may have cuties yep i do
1: yeah he definitely has cuties all right Oh, Blackberry Spindrift. That's not fruit soda, though. It's like... <laughs>
2: it's, it's, it's a spicy water. It's salsa water. Spicy water, exactly. Yeah. Like spicy water. But it
1: has like 10 calories in it, so you think you're maybe drinking soda, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. What's, what,
2: what's yours, Tim?
1: I think I think I like that um, that apple soda. That shit's good. Oh, the apple soda. Yeah, that's good. Either that or... Um, oh, shit. What is it called? Tahitian Treat. Have you ever had Tahitian Treat?
2: Mm-mm.
1: It's like a carbonated fruit punch soda.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah. I So, I forgot about this. Um, I have to say, my favorite is it's a grapefruit soda from Jamaica and it's called Ting and it's the best. I used to find it in Publix and they would sell it in the international aisle and they'd only stock it like once a month. But when I did, when I saw it, man, I will get a whole bunch of bottles of that. That was delicious.
1: Oh, well, that's a good call to see if I can find that. All right. You got anything else, Dan?
2: Um, I don't, Tim.
1: Okay. I think that's it for me, too. Thank you, guys, for taking a part out of your week, as always, to listen to us, to watch us, to... Smash a like button for us to subscribe for us. We love you guys every single week. We appreciate that you guys show out and you guys listen to us uh, blather back and forth for for an hour. uh, And uh, it makes our week. Dan, for the people who want to follow you outside of just listening to this podcast, where can they do that?
2: You can find me at
1: DNJMS. And I've lost
2: a follower, so you can be (laughs) my new 260th follower.
1: Oh, Dan, I'm sorry. Sorry, um, you can find me at Tim Herb. Uh, I'm only on Instagram, but you can also find us at Home Before Dark. That's B in the number four on Twitter. Find us on all your podcatchers, your Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating, a review. We'll read it aloud. Tell a friend, rate, subscribe, brag about it. I don't, I don't know why you would brag about it, but we love you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. <laughs> And as always, be home before dark. Okay.
0: First of all, fuck you, Kevin.
1: Yes! I completely forgot to play that. (laughs) I was...